Hey everyone, this is Thea, and I want to welcome you to the corner of here and now, where we talk about real life, recovery, success, spirituality, and anything else that might come up right here, right now. Hold on to your seat, because we're in for a ride. here and now it's saturday night 9 21 p.m today is episode 42.39 is our episode number can you believe we've made it to 40 episodes is this not like the craziest thing ever i didn't i really wasn't sure i was gonna make it this far oh yeah yeah so I just watched Hamilton on Disney Plus, and it was amazing. So if you have an opportunity to watch that, I highly suggest it. And take your shot. I'm going to have to watch it again. I'm going to get the soundtrack. I hate to even admit that out loud, but I have an Apple gift card. I think I'm going to get the soundtrack to Hamilton because it's awesome. Um, yeah, man, just so good. So good. Talented people. I watched Mandalorian too. So good. Those of you who know I'm a Star Wars fan, so good. Can't wait for the next piece of that. Rainy day here in uh, Seabrook, Texas. I uh, had the opportunity to talk with a sponsee today on some first step work. And one of the things that we really honed in on was reservations. And we haven't talked about that much on the podcast. The topic of reservations hasn't come up much on the corner of here and now. So I thought that uh, that would be a really good topic for tonight. And I'm actually, reservations, I'm looking it up on my... uh, on my phone here because I want to see what the actual definition is. I need to get an actual hard dictionary, like a paper dictionary to put on the table here because I think it's awesome. So here it is. Reservations. This is from uh, the Merriam-Webster dictionary online. Uh, One, an act of setting something aside for future use. Oh, that's interesting. Two, an arrangement to have something such as a seating in a restaurant held for someone's use. Three, something set aside for a special use, for a special use. Four, an area of land set aside for American Indians to live. We won't talk about the last one. Um, But these are just, these are perfect, right? Like, when we have a reservation, and I'm going to do some reading from the literature here. I have the uh, flat book out, and I have the uh, basic text out here. So I'm going to um, look through some of that here. I've got some stuff highlighted here, but this is fascinating. So the actual Merriam-Webster Webster 
Definition one, an act of setting something aside for future use. Yeah. So if I have a reservation that I'm going to use because of X, Y, Z, when my mom dies, I don't know if I can stay clean when my mom dies. Like that's a big one for a lot of people, parents, mom, dad, pass away, that type of thing. So I am setting that aside for the future use. Man, that makes perfect sense. Um, two, an arrangement to have something held for someone's use. In this case, they use a restaurant, like see, like a restaurant reservation. Wow. That's, yeah, we're setting that aside. Like, yeah, okay, I'm going to stay clean as long as X doesn't happen. So I'm going to set this aside. I'm going to put this little reservation over here, just like making a dinner reservation at Perry's or something, right? Um, Okay, I'm going to make a reservation at Perry's. I have to be there at 7 o'clock. Then that's my thing. It's like it's set aside for me. That table is set aside for me when I'm hungry at 7 o'clock. So when I don't want to do something or my feelings are too much because the specific thing has happened, then, yeah, I have a reservation. And I don't think it's that the mom or dad dies. I don't think it's that. I think it's that we're so scared of how we're going to feel when mom or dad dies or whatever it is. We're just, excuse me, continue with that example. I was cheering and clapping during Hamilton, so I might have lost my voice a little. Yeah, it's not that mom or dad die, I don't think. is. And this, again, I'll probably get some emails about this, but please send them to me because I want to know what you think. Remember, cornerofhereandnow at gmail.com. Um, it's not that mom or dad die that scares us. It's how we're going to feel about it and how we're going to miss them. Like, how are we going to feel when we miss them? It's the feelings again. I'm setting aside the fact that I'm going to feel so horrible when this specific thing happens that I'm going to use. We're assuming that we won't be able to handle it. Well, I'm just going to make the assumption that I won't be able to handle that issue, that um, that circumstance, that um, time frame, that whatever. I'll be okay at this time, so I'll be able to use. That's a type of reservation. There's a lot of them, right? I have to say that for me personally, when I was early in recovery, I didn't have any reservations. I'll be honest. The reservations have come on me as I've stayed clean. I've run across circumstances in my life that I really didn't think I was going to be able to stay clean through. But I had no idea that those circumstances were even coming. Like, uh, yeah. And for me, it's not always about how I feel. I mean, that's definitely a piece of the puzzle. For me, when I really want to use, it's because I want to escape. There's something going on in my life that I just can't deal with, don't want to deal with, not willing to face. Um, I want to get out of something. It's like my escape hatch. Um You know, we tell people if they go to a party or whatever, make sure you have your own escape route. Well, using on some level 
in the back of my mind has been my escape route in some areas. So yeah, you could say that escape route ism <laughs> has been my reservation, right? Well, I know how I can get out of this. I could go use. So that's been my thought process. I haven't used, but um, I've been in some situations too where I haven't used. But um, but yeah, that's kind of where that where that's come up for me is is later. Um, but I do know too that when some pretty rough things have happened for me, um, I've always turned to the fellowship. Like I've always had the fellowship to go to and to share and say, man, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling so horrible. And I do feel like using, or I've even said I want to use, but I know that it's not going to fix anything. You know, I'm going to have to grieve at some point. I'm going to have to go through this at some point. Why not go through it now? And that's what I've learned over the years is that if I'm willing to move through things as hard and terrible as it is, I know I'm going to get to the other side. Um, and then I can cancel that reservation. Boom, mic drop, right? Cancel the reservation. You know, if I got a better proposition than Perry's, I can cancel that, right? And I think that's where that comes in is, is that for me, um, you know, enough good stuff has happened that I've been able to cancel some of those res reservations or be willing to walk through them, to walk past them and say, no, thank you, right? But I know that this is tough. I know that these are tough things. I understand that people have a really hard time when these things happen. Um, but I really think it's about the feel the feelings. I don't want to feel the feelings around somebody dying. I don't want to feel the feelings around this specific thing, whatever I've set aside um, for that. So it's it's tough. And I know people that, you know, have grieved hard or run into feelings around grieving and stuff. And they're like, yeah, I just I didn't want to feel that. So I drank or used. It's like, oh, OK, well, there there you there you go. But we're going to keep running into it. Right. Especially something like grief, because grief is something that's just going to keep coming over and over and over again it'll get less i think but it'll keep coming it's always going to be there so i either learn how to how to deal with it and move through it and maybe be grateful that i had somebody in my life that i had to grieve that's actually if i flip the script around on some of that and say wow that person was really important to me and i'm grateful that i had somebody like that in my life and that i have the opportunity to grieve that's a totally different mindset around that. I'm, again, I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm not dismissing anybody's feelings. Please don't take it that way. I, I know that it's hard. Um, I've grieved some people pretty hard over the years um, that are alive and dead. Like some people have left my life and they're still alive. And um, I had to grieve that friendship. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for an amends I'm never going to get. You're right. <laughs> Anyways, so on page five of the um, the step working guide, <clears throat> in step one, it talks about reservations. So let's read this a little. Reservations are places in our program that we have reserved for relapse. They may be built around the idea that we can retain a small measure of control. 
something like, okay, I accept that I can't control my using, but I can still sell drugs. Can't I? <laughs> That's an interesting one. Or we may think we can remain friends with the people we used with or bought drugs from. We may think that certain parts of the program don't apply to us. So all different types of reservations. We may think that there's something we just can't face clean, a serious illness, for instance, or the death of a loved one, and plan to use if it ever happens. We may think that after we've accomplished some goal, made a certain amount of money, or been clean for a certain number of years, then we'll be able to control our using. Reservations are usually tucked away in the back of our minds. We are not fully conscious of them. It is essential that we expose any reservations we may have and cancel them right here, right now. That's what it says right here in the step one work, uh, uh, step working guide. Cancel them right here, right now. Wow, that's pretty good. And then there's uh, five questions, five questions around this. I have my questions numbered. So I'm just saying, if they ever make another book, I hope that they number the questions. I think they're working on it, but I don't know. Who knows? Maybe if I ever write a step working book, I'm going to make sure that I number all the questions, okay? Just saying. So in my book, it's number 42. Have I accepted the full measure of my disease? 43, do I think I can still associate with the people connected with my ad addiction? Can I still go to the places where I used? Do I think it's wise to keep drugs or paraphernalia around just to remind myself or test my recovery? If so, why? 44, is there something I think I can't get through? Some event that might happen that will be so painful that I'll have to, that I'll have to use to survive the hurt? 45, do I think that with some amount of clean time or with different life circumstances, I might be able to control my using? And 46, what reservations am I still holding on to? Right? And I think it's interesting, right after the reservation section, they have the surrender section. So I think that's some um, divine order that some of this is, is put in. So I've got to surrender all that all that craziness. So there's some good stuff in there. And then in the book, in the, um, in the basic text on page 21, and that's in my book, I have a fifth edition. It says at the top of the page, until we let go of our reservations, no matter what they are, the foundation of our recovery is in danger. That's like having a cracked foundation in your house or something. Like it's just, it's built on sand, right? Reservations rob us of the benefits that this program has to offer. Ooh, because if we have a reservation, I should keep it on me. If I have a reservation, am I really going to be putting 100% in? If I'm holding out, it's like, okay, let's go back to the uh, example of having a reservation at Perry's. I'm not going to eat a lot before I go because I know I'm going to Perry's and I'm going to want bread and I'm going to want fried asparagus and I'm going to want a ribeye, maybe some mashed potatoes. I don't know, right? Like I'm going to hold out a little bit. I'm going to hold back on my food intake so that I can eat a good meal at Perry's. And I'm just using Perry's as an example. Um, there's a lot of places that you might like to eat. 
but I'm going to do the same thing with my program. If I have this reservation that I'm going to use when somebody dies or if I hit a certain goal or whatever, why would I put 100% into my program? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what's the point? Because I know I'm going to use it at some point. So again, reservations rob us of the benefits that this program has to offer. In writing, oh, I'm sorry, in ridding ourselves of all reservations, we surrender. Oh, wow. And that was the order of the book, remember? In the flat book, I was in that order. So we get rid of our reservations, and then we surrender. Then, and only then, can we be helped to recover from the disease of addiction. Wow. Until we let go of our reservations, no matter what they are, the foundation of our recovery is in nature. And they benefit, uh, they rob us of the benefits this program has to offer. Whew. Wow, good stuff. This book, I swear, they put new stuff in it every time I read it. Okay, this is on page 52 of my book. It's in the chapter, What Can I Do? <clears throat> At the very top... On this first italicized paragraph, um, chapter five, what can I do? Begin your own program by taking step one from the previous chapter, how it works. When we fully concede to our innermost selves that we are powerless over our addiction, we have taken a big step in our recovery. Many of us have had some reservations at this point. So give yourself a break and be as thorough as possible from the start. Go on to step two and so forth. And is as you go on, you will come to an understanding of the program for yourself. Whoa. That's all underlined in my book. If you, are in, if you are in an institution of any kind and have stopped using for the present, you can, with a clear mind, try this way of life. Wow. It says right here, come to an understanding of the program for ourselves. And it says many of us have had some of these reservations, so that's huge, right? We're going to have them. But we, that doesn't mean we, can, we have to stop working our program. We can continue to work. And through the process, they may actually drop, drop away. <clears throat> I love this, understanding the program for ourselves. We each have our own understanding of the program. That's so powerful, I think, right? We get to do that here. Okay, on the next page, on the second page of what can I do? The ability to face problems is necessary to stay clean. If we had problems in the past, it is unlikely that simple abstinence will solve these problems. Guilt and worry can keep us from living in the here and now. Denial of our disease and other reservations keeps us sick. So they're calling, I read that as they're calling the denial a type of reservation. The denial of our disease and other reservations keep us sick. Wow. That's crazy. Okay, and then there's one more, y'all. Let's see, it's on page 76 in my book, and this is in the recovery and relapse section. Let's see, where is it? Ah, here it is. Um, we are never forced into re relapse. We are given a choice. Relapse is never an accident. 
Relapse is a sign that we have a reservation in our program. It's a crack. It's a crack, you guys. We've set that thing aside. We've set it aside for later. Remember how some of us would try and save some dope for later, and it never really worked out? I don't know about y'all, but I was never good at saving my dope. Right? Same thing here. We begin to slight our program and leave loopholes in our daily lives. Unaware of the pitfalls ahead, we stumble blindly in the belief that we can make it on our own. Sooner or later, we fall into the illusions that drugs make life easier. We believe that drugs can change us, and we forget that these changes are lethal. When we believe that drugs will solve our problems and forget that they can do to us, forget what they can do to us, we are in real trouble. Unless the illusions that we can continue Unless the illusions that we can continue to stop, to use or stop using on our own are shattered, we m- most certainly sign our own death warrant. Whew. For some reason, not taking care of our personal affairs lowers our self-esteem and establishes a pattern that repeats itself in all areas of our lives. Holy cow, this is crazy. If we begin to avoid our new responsibilities by missing meetings, neglecting 12-step work, or not getting involved, our programs stop. These are the kinds of things that lead to relapse. We may sense a change coming over us. Our ability to remain open-minded disappears. We may become angry and resentful toward anyone or anything. And it just goes on like that. Holy cow. Relapse is a sign that we had a reservation in our program, just like we talked before. In that first step, right, we've, we've set this opportunity aside just in case. It's our escape route. Well, if this thing doesn't work out, you know, I can always go back to using and, you know, I could always come back and get a white key tag. I think sometimes, in my opinion, that's, you know, part of it too. And I've, I've lost, a couple years ago, I lost two sponsees within six months of each other. You know, this thing doesn't um, doesn't play games, and um, they had reservations and different things, but um, it's tough. I'm not saying this is easy, but we've all been through a lot of things, and getting with a good group of people and having good friends that have the same goals that we do... Um, is, is huge, who we spend our time with. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and the idea of the top five people we spend the most time with came up in that podcast. And it was interesting what what one of the people said. They they were talking about the big things, money, um, you know, jobs, marriages. But the guy also made the comment that it's small things. It's the small things that start to infiltrate us. Maybe the words we use or the clothes we wear or whether we're on time or not, like the small things that the people around us do start to infiltrate us. So it can become, um, it starts to affect our personality and, um, it's insidious and it's super important. So I know that for me, that if I'm hanging around with people that don't have the same goals that I have, or aren't on some sort of similar trajectory, Uh, Whether they're ahead of me or behind me doesn't matter, but as long as we're on the same trajectory, 
I know that I'm going to be okay. And I know that I'm going to have the opportunity to grow without judgment. And that is huge for me. And I remember being early in recovery and having, you know, being around people. Cause when we're early, we're all, we're all new. And you know, that's a tough place to be because we see people making decisions. People saw me make bad decisions. I saw other people make bad decisions. And most of those people aren't here anymore. I'm here. But most of the people just aren't here anymore, and um, and it's a bummer. So reservations, and I would say too, just as one more thought on this, reservations are in all of the areas of our lives. This isn't even just using. This could even be, you know, like I've talked about before, other, well, I'll save money unless something better comes up, and then I'll spend my money on that, or... I'm going to keep this job unless something else comes along or I'm going to do the Like, so I'll, you know, love the one you're with, right? Like it might even be the, the, the relationship you're in. You might have a reservation. Like, so reservations can pop up in all areas of our lives and being willing to see them. And again, like we've talked about shining the light on ourselves, um, you know, is a really, really big piece of this puzzle and say, wow, have I been doing that? Have I not been a hundred percent? Have I had reservations? Have I always kept an escape route? Have I not committed? Just questions, questions. Like these are things I ask myself too. So, um, cool. That was good. All right, y'all. So again, uh, I'll be back tomorrow for the, I think the 41st episode tomorrow. And we're just going to keep this rolling until January 1st. Again, if you have any comments or suggestions or anything for me to finish this thing out with, I would love to hear them. So you can reach out to me at corner of here and now at gmail.com. Or if you know how to reach me uh, personally, you're more than welcome to do that as well. So I hope, hope you all have a great night. And um, peace out. All right, everyone, that's another episode of The Corner of Here and Now. Thank you for joining me. If you like what you're hearing, please share, comment, and or subscribe. Please know that the music used in this podcast is the one and only Kenny Cordray. And the song is called Rojo that was generously donated by his family. Until the next time we meet on The Corner of Here and Now, remember, we're all just walking each other home. Peace out.